Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast right here on Fishbowl Radio and all your streaming platforms on social media. My name is Jamie. It is Tuesday, July the 11th, 2023. And how is everyone out there t- today? Good? That's great. Alright, so, uh, <laughs> we have a lot going on. A lot has happened over the last week or so. Um, but further ado, let's Let's, um, let's talk about the Summer Summer League. Now, I know a lot of people don't watch the Summer League, but this guy has. This guy's watched a bunch of it over the last week or so. Um, you know, a lot of entertaining guys, a lot of guys out there trying to fight for spots and trying to, you know, where they, where, where, where are their games going to be at? Uh, placed at, sorry, where are they going to be placed at after all this? What is plan B? What is plan C? Because there's a lot of guys that are more worthy of of being on the NBA roster, preferably the G League roster. So let's discuss. So I got five some of these headlines that we need to recap. We need to talk about it. We need to get this off our chest. Number one, Victor Wamiyama. Now, you know. It's been it's been a rough week for the guy. Uh, he started his journey in New York, and then you ask him to go from New York to Las Vegas. It's a lot, and he, he's been. This is his first time on U.S. soil. Hasn't even breathed yet. Like you got to breathe. You can't you can't just hug him all, all this. He can't be all over his face. You got to let the man enjoy U.S. soil. Like, like, stop it. Stop hyping this man up for nothing. It's going to be a failure from there. Once you get, hype him up, he's going to, uh, he's going to initiate it, and then all of a sudden, his career is going down, down, down the drain, and then five or ten years down the road, we'll call him butts. Nah, man, let him, let him rest. Let him relax. In this case, uh, with Britney Spears, I'll talk about his game in a second. But with Britney Spears, like, I, okay, I, let me try to be respectful of Britney Spears. You know, I, I love Britney. I grew up watching her. You know, I'm the type of kid that every, t- uh, uh, you know, in 1998, 1999, we got off school. They had a little TRL countdown or something. There was a lot of, there was a countdown that they had back in the day. It was like 98, 99. You guys don't know this. But, <laughs> and so, we'll go home and watch the countdown. Britney Spears, her number one hit was like, uh, I think it was Bay, Bay, I can't remember what it was. Uh, Hit Bay one more time. One of those songs. And that song was always number one in every, um, in every countdown. I'm sorry, in, uh, in every day during that countdown that they showed her. And so, but her career has nothing been great, um, to sort of say. Her personal life is awful. 
she has not done anything relevant in the last 10 years other than create drama for herself. When that song came out in 2020, 2021 about, uh, Home Closer was Elton John, to the great Elton John, I felt like she was off a little bit. It was the worst song I ever heard. And so, with that being said, she's been off for 10 years and she's trying to find attention again. And, I'm not even talking about the the censorship. Like, granted, yeah, don't hold Britney's assets. Don't hold Britney's assets. Let her have all she wants. The only thing I ask is you leave people alone, Britney Spears. You can't be running up to a seven foot five guy and touching him, grabbing all over him. You gotta expect the consequences. You have he has like five or six or more guys around him, of course one of those guys is going to protect him. And I forgot the security guard's name that did that, but shout out to him. He, she said, he said, nah, you're not going to get in, you're not going to get into his face. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, bro, don't, don't do all that. I'm going to, I'm going to grill Britney Spears in a second, but let's play a clip from that incident, please. Okay, so clearly, if you saw the video, clearly she is definitely in the wrong. Security guard is not, but she is. And here's my petty thing about it. You went to the police department and filed a charge against the secu- his security team. You're wasting your time doing that. And I'm glad it got dropped because this was no case at all. She had no case at all. They don't even need to apologize. You know? Like, I label this as, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. In this case, you know, Brittany was stupid and then she got handled the right way. Now, it wasn't assault, but they said she slapped herself. So, with that being said, Brittany, you need to be relevant again. You need to leave people alone. Stop bringing attention to the world. You know, you're on Instagram a lot. You know, granted, I want to support you on Instagram. That's great. But when you're off Instagram and you're doing stuff like that in the public eye, you have no reason to do that. At all. Period. So, you know, he doesn't even know you. Yeah, he didn't even know you existed. <laughs> like he wasn't even born when you put your first hit out. Like you can run down a collection of hits that Britney has, and they're all great hits. Like she was relevant in the 2000s, not so much in 2010s and the 2020s. But you have done nothing in the last 10 years. Like I said, leave people alone for real. Now. 
Let's get to Victor. Now, Victor scored nine points. I think it was like two for 14 shooting. I can't, the, the stat is ridiculous. Against the Hornets. And then he rebounded to 27 points and 12 rebounds against the Blazers in a loss. Now, granted, the Spurs, as of yesterday, they're shutting him down for the rest of the Summer League. You gotta remember, this man played in the French playoffs for his, for his team in France. You gotta remember, he's tired. 19 years old, he's, he's tired. Like, you're putting, the Spurs are not gonna put too much on him. And I'm glad the Spurs shut him out early before it got worse. Cause if he played the last two games, who knows what's happened. I mean, you got, I mean, the Spurs will set up a plan for him in the next in the next month or two to get him ready for the regular season. Maybe get to the weight room, add some protein to your body. You gotta have, you gotta last the NBA season. The NBA season is 82, 83 games long, so you gotta last, Victor. Um, I just want the best for him. Being as a Spurs fan, I'm happy, I'm excited, but I'm not too, I'm not putting too much pressure on him. I said this last week and I, and, and I'm sticking to it. I don't think he's that great. I just think that you gotta give him time to, to get used to the NBA style. Get used to being in the US. Get used to having fierce competition every single night. Get used to guys banging you around. They're not doing the summer league because everybody is fighting for their own spot. Okay. When he got dunked on by Kai Jones or KJ Jones of the Charlotte Hornets, I should have played that club. I should have had it, but I didn't, I don't have it. Um, so when he got dunked on, I said, okay, this man, this man needs to, this man needs to take a break. He's definitely not ready for the NBA. He can be the number one pick, but he's not ready for the NBA. <laughs> and so, no seven five guy should be even seven footer shouldn't be dunked on. Period. Period. That means you need to work on your upper body strength. I mean, I I could t- I, I talked to someone this about the other day. Sean Bradley does not have upper body strength. Never did. He just had length. Yamin has strength. Yamin, of course, Yamin got dunked on by Kobe, but that's. A, that's a rare kind. Dirk had a little, Dirk was finesse. Horrible defensively. Shaq, oh god, you cannot dunk on Shaq. Shaq would throw you down to the ground. Um, Rudy Gobert, you can dunk on Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is not, he's just a tall man. And he, he's not, he's not useful on most days. But, do I think Victor can? Yeah. Just put him in the, he's in the right situation. As far as we get him right. And who knows what happens in, in, uh, on the next coming months. Now, I want him, I want to play a clip from when he, of him explaining that incident and then we'll close it on that. Go ahead. Uh, actually, I, I didn't know for a couple hours, but when we, when, uh, when I came back to the hotel, uh, I had like a, I had forgotten about this event, but the, I mean, I didn't forget about this, but I knew, I, I thought it was no big deal. 
and uh, and the, the security of this person told me it was a Britney Spears. So I was first I was like, uh, no, you you're joking, but yeah, it turns it turns out it was Britney Spears. And I was, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know because I didn't see her. I never saw her face. I kept I just kept walking straight, and uh, that's it. All right, so that's him explaining the incident. Um, and like I said, he didn't know who Britney was. <laughs> Britney had her first hit when she when he was born. Her first hit, and I'm like, man, man, like, like somebody had to tell him. I'm pretty sure he's gonna go back and listen to all her song, all her songs back in the day till like uh, 2021. Her last latest. Hit. I'll tell Victor, don't listen to that hit. That was the worst hit ever. And no disrespect to John, Elton John, but that song was the worst ever. I'm sorry. But I'm not going to let y'all forget about the Spurs team. I will not let y'all do that. This Spurs summer league team, pretty good. Dominic Barlow, uh, Julian Champagne, of all the guys in the world. This is why you play the man for 4 for 12. This man's giving you buckets. I mean, I wish, I wish you pay, pay him a little bit more, maybe in the 20 mil range. Still keep him four years, but maybe in 20, but Julian Champagne is being, becoming special. We didn't know, we didn't know anything of this guy. Now he goes into the Spurs rotation in, 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 the, in the regular season, and I want to see him put the same numbers that he's putting in the summer into the regular, NBA regular season. Will, do I think that's going to happen? Will, that remains to be seen. But I, I want him to replace Devin Fussell in the lineup. I saw this post on the Spurs group page uh, yes, last yesterday. Someone talked about why does the, the, uh, Devin Fussell do not get a con- doesn't get a um, contract extension? Let me tell you why. Devin Fussell has been injured. He has not shown any potential. Period. When he's on the court, he's been decent. When he's off it, he's he's been uh, he's been injured. He's been, he's recovering from an injury, so he doesn't deserve it right now. Let's see how this season plays out, and then we'll go from there. I'd rather take Junior Champagne over Devin Vassell right now. If you're talking about lineups, if you if I was making the lineup, if I was making the lineup myself, I would take Junior Champagne over Devin Vassell. It gives us a two to three guard lineup that gets us relevant, that gets us gets, gets the defense out of place. Then you add Victor in the lineup. Victor's going to play the five. There's no doubt in my in my mind, but he has to be physical down down low. You got to be physical down low. And the Spurs will take that into account to make sure that he's he's upright for the regular season because the regular season is long, 82 games. There's a lot that's going to happen. Uh, this is why Pop signed for five years for 80 mil because he wants to be around Victor for those five years. Now, me personally, I feel like he's going to coach for three of those years. This man's going to be tired of coaching NBA basketball. He is the all-time winningest head coach in NBA history. Eventually, he's not going to be able to coach the road games. Now, he may coach the home games and being at home and all that stuff, but the road games is different. He's got to prove me wrong on that. But you got to understand, Pop's age, Pop is 34 years old. 
I'm saying at, at maybe it's a year by year basis on where I want to go. Maybe I want to take a step back and go over to the front office. Maybe I want to allow these other coaches to coach a younger core to coach. I mean, personally for me, I would have gone with a younger coach to understand the players. Because if you go with a younger coach with a brilliant mind like Pop, the then the younger coach can galvanize that information and put it into these younger players that we have on the Spurs and make them play. You know, it may not be perfect every night, but it, it, it'll be it'll lead towards something. So with that being said, I want to see what Pop and the staff are going to are going to do, and I trust them. I trust them in that space. Now, let me repeat this again. I don't think Pop's going to coach a whole five years. Now, I could be wrong, but he's not going to coach. I'm going to say three out of those five years he'll coach. And so, with that being said, I I, I expect the best out of him. Moving forward. Number two, Brandon Miller. Okay. Uh, this is interesting because, uh, we, we expect the best out of him. But you gotta understand, these guys got drafted over two weeks ago. They're never gonna be ready to, to shine the light. I think ESPN is hyping them up too much. Too much to the point where they have to perform. They have to do Everything extra. They got to foul a lot. I mean, granted, you're giving 10,000 a game in the summer league. And he's taking most of those fouls. He fouls a lot. He's out of the, the, the position defensively to the point where it makes me nervous. Being, as a, It should make Hornets fans nervous. Nervous that um, that Brandon Miller is not, is, 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 he's thinking too much. There's a lot on his plate that we expected him early. So, at 13 points a game and 9 rebounds and 2 assists and 5,000 a game on shooting 27, only 27% from the field, you need to take a step back, Brandon Miller. You need to stop doing too much. I don't know whether it's just, whether it's just nervousness, whether you just trying to play for something but you need to take a step back you need to relax you just need to relax and let the game the flow of the game feel you feel, feel you you just need it to feel you relax get it together you know the shot of one's team is not that great in the summer league you know you got a lot of players that are trying to prove themselves to be on the Hornets squad but it's tough it's tough in Charlotte because I don't think Charlotte attacked this free agency period well. They were focused more on the draft. In the draft, you could have gone for Scoot. Scoot Henderson would have probably been a better fit than Brandon Miller. But then again, Brandon Miller would have gone, would have had, would have gone to to Portland, whereas they they already signed Jeremy Grant for five years, one sixty. So Brandon Miller would have to take a step back. But in this case, I feel like he still has to take a step back. Come the regular season, <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have any hope for this guy. I really don't. I don't think that he's that well conditioned. I I'm wishing him the best, but 
I just don't think he is well enough to fit in the NBA style. How does he fit in the Hornets' plans? I have no idea. But at the same time, I just, I just can't. I, I, I can't be on board with this. I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan ever since, you know, in college. I think, I think, I think another year in college would have helped. Or just, just sit him out for the rest of the summer league and let him get his game together. Cause these stats, 27% shooting, you gotta, there's nothing else to prove, but, but your shots are, shot selection is terrible. It's terrible. You can't, you can't work this out in the Charlotte, in the Charlotte Hornets plans. The Charlotte Hornets didn't draft you to shoot 27% in the Sun League. Of course it's early and you're young, but at the same time, you have to relax, get yourself together. That's all I ask. I'm not asking you to, to put 40 points on the board. Cause that's not gonna happen. And you got two games left before we, they get to the playoffs and all that stuff. They play against Portland and the ones. Again, that Charlotte 17 team does not look good to me. Number three, Jaden Harden. Now Jaden Harden had 24 points against OKC in a loss. But they beat Philly last night. I think he had 22 points and 5 rebounds and 5 assists. I think that's a stat that he had. This man, it, the Mavs made a bunch of moves in the offseason. They're great moves. It almost feels like they're building themselves up for it to be relevant in the West. Um, so, my question is, where does Jaden Harden fit in your plans? Where does he fit? Does he fit in the two-guard position? Can he come off the bench? Does he need another season in the G League? Where does he fit? Because in spurts of last season, he, he I can remember against Memphis, he had about 25 points. 25 points, I think. Yeah, against Memphis. That was the second game that he played against Memphis when Kyrie was out. And so, was that being, well no, I don't think it was January, I think it was March. It was one of those, it was, it was, it was somewhere in March that he had at least 20 plus points. But, Jaden Harden showed potential. He showed potential to the point where the Mavs were forgetting about Jalen Brunson. They moved on for him. I thought, you know, Jaden Harden would be that guy to take over, you know, considering the fact that he's got some experience under his belt being in, playing in an NBA game. He's got that experience. So with that being said, um, I do see him in the rotation. I don't know where kid is going to put him in the rotation because you got to remember he was good last year in spurts. But he's willing to put it together and it showed in the summer league. He's putting 20 plus points in the summer league. I do, I, I, I have questions. I have questions about Jason Kidd's rotation. How this player is going to fit, how that player is going to fit. I also have questions about, you know, Miles, Miles, uh, Mike Miles. I have questions about AJ Lawson and Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker is the little guy that shined at UAB. Where does he fit in the mass plans? 
Uh, there's another guy I forgot to write down that played well last night, made a defensive plays. He he's getting close to earning his spot on the G League roster. But it, but again, rotational stuff. Does does Jaden Hardy fit in that rotation? Better yet, let's talk let's let's talk about Derek Lively. Does Derek Lively now that you he, uh, a typical big man, eight points and eleven rebounds? Now have you seen the best out of him? Can he do more? Oh, absolutely, he can do more. Oliver Mintz Ponce. Uh, I, I'm going to get his name right. I'm going to get his name right. He's more of a, like I said before, in my draft recap, well, I'm actually, well, my draft preview episode, go listen to that episode if you haven't listened to that episode. Um, he, more of a Dorian Finney Smith. He did not disappoint yesterday. Ten points. He made defensive plays as well. But, then again, the Mavs attacked free agency. I'm interested to see what this team's going to be like. I'm not a Mavs fan. I shouldn't be excited. But, I like the moves they made. Now, you talk about, you talk about the players, I talk about the coach of Coach Jared Dudley. Now, he turned 38, I think yesterday, or either yesterday or last week. He played in the NBA for 14 seasons. Dog on the, on defense. He's coaching well in the summer league. Could he be a, a, a NBA full-time head coach one day? That remains to be seen. You know? It's just, it's, it's, it's like all these coaches in the summer league are proving themselves to become head coaches. Anywhere one day. Just one day, somebody will give him that call and say, you know what, we saw you coaching the summer league. There you go. We, we can give you the full-time job. Just like Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond got the, did not get a full-time job in the NBA. Don't know why that is, but at the same time, she got that job in the WNBA, which she's, she's, she, she can be there forever. And have numerous, numerous championships. Cause that's a team that we're going to talk about in a later episode. I'm talking about today's episode in the next hour or so. But that's a team on the right, on, like, literally on the rise. The only problem is I want them to add more players. That's the problem. That's the only problem I have about Becky Hannon. But I'll speak more of that later on in my episode. But Jared Dudley deserves a chance next season or in the next couple of seasons to be his be, to have his name considered as being an NBA head coach. There's so many of these head coaches out here that, that are on the streets that are more deserving to prove themselves. I mean you can hire Doc Rivers and Mike Mike Bunahoser of the world. Doc Rivers is past his prime. I'm not no disrespect to talk to Doc Rivers. I love him, love him to death. But the way the NBA is turning, they're turning to more younger head coaches. So if you're not under 50, that you or well, I can't say under 50. If you're not, well, I I, I didn't even say that. If you're under 50 and 
have all the success, whether it's X and O's, college success, uh, summer league success, you're going to get a chance in this NBA space. The NBA is transitioning to more younger coaches. That's why you see these coaches get jobs at, like, in their late 40s. Just ask Adrian Griffin. He's 48, I think. I believe I'll find that age. So, they're transitioning. No more Dark Rivers. Dark Rivers is, is, they don't have time to, for failure in the playoffs. They don't have time for that. Oh yeah. I forgot Nick Nurse got hired at 55 years old by the Sabres. I forgot about that. But he should he shouldn't be coaching the Sabres. He should have taken a break. Allow these other coaches, allow Philly to go after, you know, younger head coaches that have, that have a little bit of experience but can make, can make XSOs fly. Has been in maybe a pop situation or maybe in the Boston Celtics. That's why Joe Mazzula has the job. Because of Ime Yudoka. Without, believe it or not, without it, Ime Yudoka does not become a head coach of the Boston Celtics. But yet in Houston. So with that being said, um, Jared Dudley is going to be that guy. And I want him to put his name in consideration sooner rather than later. Because there's more jobs to have. But other than that, to finish the math stuff, I don't know where Mike Miles, AJ Lawson, or Jordan Water are going to be. I know that they're going to have solidified spots in the G League. Just because of the numerous of guards that they have on this team. Alright, so let's, so, let's go to number four. Let's, let's go to Chet. Now Chet did not play last season, but this summer league is a breakout for him to come through this summer. To, to let everyone know that he's that guy. To let everyone know that OKC has their big man. They have had a big man since Serge Ibaka. Remember those guys? Remember that, that, those times? Well, actually, I can say Stephen Adams. Those times, that were, they were making the postseason. They were even, they got to the NBA Finals. I'm not sure if Stephen, well, they probably did. But, Chet could be something one day. He's averaging 16 points and 10 rebounds in the summer. He's shooting 50%. Uh, my my prediction is he needs to play 70 games. He needs to play 70 games. And again, this is what I talk about bigger, tall guys. Not bigger, tall guys. Tall guys need to put weight on them. need to put added strength on them. These guys uh, are scared of the weight room. They're scared. That's why Chet looks like that. Because Chet is scared of the weight room. If Chet had a little bit of strength on him, he would never got hurt in, in, in the Drew League last season. Victor, my fear is Victor. If Victor put a little strength on him, then God knows what he, what he'll be. But Chet, I don't expect Chet to take over a game. Chet is going to defend the paint. Chet is going to give you the ten and ten. Again, in the regular season, 
and possibly get dunked on. I don't feel, I don't wish that on anybody, but it, it's looking like, it's looking like it. You gotta remember, this OKC team was about a game away from making the postseason. They won the last play, the spot on the play-in due to the Mavericks on to field success. So, with that being said, oh yeah, and I want to give a shout out to Luca Dodgers. He's, he's getting married. So, shout out to him. Um, but, he's not going to meet the light to the OKC success. Shay Gills is his team. That's his team. And I'm like, you can't under, you can't underestimate this. You cannot say, Okay, well, Chet is going to be that number one guy outside of Shea Gilgis, outside of Lou Dort. They made the postseason without Chet. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? They almost made the postseason without him. All that Yorko from Jaden Williams to, uh, to the other guy, Jordan Williams. Like, There's a lot of Williamses out there. But they got a complete team. Then you have Victor, then you have Patty Mills, which I wouldn't release. If I was one game of making the post, I don't release veterans on that team. I would tell them, hey, we need a shooter. Patty Mills can fill it up. Victor Oladipo, when healthy, can fill it up. In this case, he'll be on the bench and allow these other guys to play. But, I do see OKC. Again, it's a loaded Western Conference. They're going to be in the dark horses, dark horse of making the postseason. Considering the fact that Chad needs to, needs to put some pounds on him. Some heavy lifting. Then you play, I'm going to say 70 games. And those 12 games, I'll say, they're probably going to rest them. LeBron's gonna rest them. Because that's what they do, that's what the NBA is, is good at. They're good at load management. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why they're good, they're good at that, doing that. But, yeah, I, I could easily set 82 games. Let them play 82 games. Let them play. 82 games. But 70 is being nice. <laughs> Maybe too nice, but it is what it is. So, but these last few games that I want Chet to do is I really want him to get the feel of the game. I really want him to actually break out and say, you know what? This is my, this is, I can help. I can, this is, I can help this team. I can help this team grow. It's all about growth in the NBA. Um, well, on the teams. I can help this team. We can go from there. We can make the postseason outright. We could be the best team in the West. Outright. It starts early. You finish, it starts early, and then you have some walls in the, in the, in the midseason, and then you gotta finish strong for the legacy. You gotta finish strong in, in, in March. That's a key, the key month in the NBA is March. Outside of the college basketball and the NCAA tournament, 
You gotta feel strong in March. That, that's the key. That translates to success in the NBA. I'm sorry, in the po- in the NBA postseason or playing or wherever that may be. So, these last few games, this last week, I, I do expect Chet to, to bring it. Now, next week, we'll recap all of the summer league and what I saw. And maybe might have a guess. We'll see. I don't know. But my last and final summer league talk, number five, Zion. Well, not Zion. Well, he's part of this conversation. But I label this as New Orleans potential replacements. I just saw New Orleans play the other night. I think they were playing against the Jazz. They gave Kevante George their three points, which is ridiculous <laughs> in my eyes in the summer league. But then again, you're playing to prove yourself. So, with that being said, these players you need to watch out for. Uh, Deron Seaborn and Dyson, da- Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels is the one, the third pick, he was the, eight, sorry, the eighth pick of last year's draft. He didn't get a chance to prove himself because New Orleans is loaded, again, a, a, a loaded, well it's a conference loaded. New Orleans is loaded. They have everything. And the reason why these guys are playing and something like just to prove this would be on the NBA roster. They could take Zion's spot. If you're acting a fool off the court, these guys that that are playing in the summer league or or beyond or in the free agency, they could take your spot one day, Zion. You gotta get your act together. And I was hearing Willie Green interview. And Mark Jones and Dorisberg, they were doing the game. They were talking about New Orleans. They were talking about this. They had Jose Alvarado. They did an interview on him. They did an interview on Willie Green. They were, and also they were talking about David Griffin's success. Zion. And it was a complete breaking down on New Orleans all season and this past regular season. And I want to sum it up in, in a few sentences that I, that I heard. Zion has no excuse. You talk about a guy that was number one in 2019 that has not lived up to expectations. He's missed, he's missed over 200 games in, 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 in four seasons. You gotta be kidding me. And then you're fooling around with porn stars off the, off the court. So you rather take that energy and then now you're putting it off the court. You won't, I won't have a problem. Nobody will have a problem with it if he was playing well. But people like myself have a problem with it. He was number one in 2019. This is what I talk about hype. When you put a, a lot of hype on one player, they're going to do something stupid in later life. In this case, he's done that. Now, could he, um, to each his own. Now, could we rebound from this? Yes. But Willie Green and David Griffin, I'm telling y'all, what excuse do you have this upcoming season if Zion misses more than 15 to 20 or more games? We're talking about minor injuries from hamstring to ankles, um, quad. 
We're not talking about serious injuries about torn ACL or torn Achilles. I can understand those injuries. But what about the Mike? This man had a, had a hamstring injury in January. It did not play the whole entire season. Did he play the play-in? He would have never made a difference in the play-in. They came in one point. Brandon Ingram suffered numerous injuries in the regular season. He came back. Every game he was doing something. CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum missed a few games. But CJ McCollum is the leader of that team and needs help. He can't do it by himself. He's worried about, uh, you can't worry about, about Zion. This is not his team. Jackson Hayes left because they were focusing more on one player. Jackson Hayes wants to be a star. Could, could be with the Lakers. Could be off the bench with the Lakers. He wants to be a star. It's just too much to Zion chatter, chatter, chatter. So this is not his team. He's missed over 200 games in four seasons. What have you been doing with your life? Other than, other than trying to dunk. Like, to me that's boring. You're not proving nothing. You haven't played. Now, in, in the, in the other space, you can prove yourself to other women. But on the court, <laughs> on the court, you're great. When you play, you're fabulous. When you're injured, you don't care about the game. These young guys do not care about the game anymore. And I said this, I said this wholeheartedly. They do not care about the game anymore. Something will happen in their life that they'll say, you know what? Screw the game. I'm just gonna shoot two for 17. I'm just gonna, uh, score zero points. I'm not even going to attend practice. I'm going to make some lame excuse to not go to practice, to not participate in a game. And now you got Willie Green and David Griffin trying to protect you and say, you know what? Oh, he'll be fine. Oh, he'll be fine? Really? Yeah, he'll be fine. But what's your next excuse, Willie Green? What's your next excuse? What type of explanation would you give us if when Zion misses the game? To be honest with you, I want Zion to play in the summer league to get his game up right. If you're dunking on the internet, why don't you play in the summer league? Why? Don't, I mean, Grant, I mean, these guys out here are doing their thing. They're trying to prove themselves. They want your spot. You got to understand that. People don't understand that. They're focusing on Zion's nonsense. Thinking Azar has a solidified position on the Pelicans. He does, but for a short time. They don't know that. I know that. I'm telling y'all now, Zion has a short leash. He has a short leash on the Pelicans. Any of those guys or any free agency that wants to come to New Orleans will take his spot. Like I said before. It's not that hard, Zion. Just make yourself available to play basketball. And that's what, that's why, that's just why the Summer League's there for. These guys are out here busting their butts to make the NBA roster. They don't want to go to the G League. 
Granted, the G, G, the G League is great. They've done fabulous things. But they want to be on a NBA roster full time. You gotta understand that. You gotta solidify your positions. It's just like a job. It's just like when you're, when you're promoted to manager, you gotta solidify your position. Everybody is coming for you. Whether you work at McDonald's or whether you work at Red, everybody's coming for you. In this case, in the NBA, when you act up twice or three, whatever that may, case may be, everybody's coming for you. It's right on. That's why Dane, when, when school Henderson was drafted by the Blazers two weeks ago, Dane saw it. Dane said, you know what? They don't value me anymore. I want to trade. I want out. I want to go to the heat. Well, you can't have it your way, uh, Dane. It's not your way. That's what GM said. We're going to, we're going to fight this. And we may, we, we, we may send you to New York. We may send you to Philly. We may send you to the Spurs. You will like it. You will come and play for, for whoever thing they send you to. Outside of Miami. So, all y'all have to have, so was that being, we're finishing my, my conversation with the New Orleans Pelicans, their, their, their potential replacements. Finishing that up. Everybody's coming for you, Zion. They, like I said, they could easily make the playoffs last season, but they were inconsistent down the stretch of games. They can do that. And now, a healthy Brandon Ingram, a healthy Jose Alvarado, a healthy Dyson Daniels, a healthy CJ McCollum, a healthy Jonas Valanciunas, don't they got a full roster of guys that can make an impact. And honestly, I feel like they can, they can do, they can be in the playing again, but then again, I feel like they're a top 16. I'm not believe, I told someone the other day that I don't think Phoenix, Phoenix is not a top 16, 16. I don't think so. They may have, they, they look top six on paper, but you gotta understand. That injuries factor it all. Injuries, all of it factor it. Inconsistencies in the regular season factor it. That's why I feel like this Norman Pelicans have that. But I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. But, like I said, Zion's on short leash. It won't be long. You you miss one game. You're out for numerous games. What type of excuses will Green going to give us? And what is Zion's type of work, work ethic going to give us as well? It's not only the work ethic, it's about being available. <laughs> Key word, being available. That's, those, are, those are two words, being available. You're 22 years old. You're about to be 20, well actually you're 23 years old. You're supposed to be playing a bunch of games. LeBron has played a bunch of games in his regular, in his, in, in, in the regular season. He's not playing a lot of it because he's injured, injury prone now. But, the reason why I bring that, uh, LeBron up because y'all have to stop comparing LeBron to, to these players that, that don't want to work. And I'm not saying Victor does not want to work. I'm saying Zion. Zion does not want to work at all. Zion wants to work off the court. And that's why you see the failure of success. 
That's why you see the failure of Zion right now. Now, he has time to regain it, but being available is key. You gotta be available. So with that being said, um, there's a bunch of some of the games from now to Friday. The weekend is going to be about playoff position in the summer league. And then it'll be wrapped up next Monday. Next Monday night, the 17th. They'll have a championship game. And then we'll be on the show next week talking about it. And a bunch of other summer league recap that, that I did not see. But, well, actually, you know what? We're, we are definitely going to talk about it. But at the same time, a full-on Summer League run, re- recap, we're going to talk about that. This is from the first four days of it. And I expect everyone to just watch one game. Watch one game and see how these guys are fighting hard for a job in the league. So, with that being said, everyone, um, I was I want to get to this... To, to this new NBA playing tournament. Maybe I'll talk about it next week, but I really don't know any, anything about it. But the only thing I can say about it is I'm very, I'm very curious about, learn, uh, about how this makes sense. How can we galvanize this? So when I get that information, when it makes sense to me, then I will say, you know what? I'll talk about it. But coming up next, let's take a break, everyone. That was a lot. That was a lot of information. This is why I was eager to get here this morning because I say, you know what? There's a lot of information. There's a lot of videos we had we had to play, especially the Britney Spears one, because I wanted to like, you know, understand both parties. And now it gets to me. Now I'm understanding both those parties. But nonetheless. Come down next, everyone. Let's talk about the WNBA. I'm going to recap the first half of the season. And there's a new league, new off-season league that I'm not a fan of. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to work or not. Let's discuss about it on the other side. Is Fishbowl's radios beyond the game?
kids are good? Okay. We're good? Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. So, um, Welcome back to the Beyond the Gay Podcast. I right, hear on Fishbowl Radio and all the other streaming platforms. Uh, so we just took a minute break. Sorry, a minute, a moment of silence for N- Nikki McRae Pinson. Um, she passed away on Friday, Friday, July the seventh. I don't know what the um, don't know what the cause was, but it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, she was a living legend. And I really, I wanted to play that moment in silence because we gotta understand WNBA players that came before us that I watched back in the day when I was a kid. When the league started in 1997, right? Nikki McCray, well she actually, she played in 98. Nick McCray was, was, I remember those mystic, Washington Mystic teams just being irrelevant, just being relevant with Shamika Hosa and Nick McCray leading the charge. She only averaged 10 points a game for her 11 year career, but she was dynamic on the court to the point where n- there was no way, no way she wasn't going to get a job off it. Um, you know, she coached at numerous teams, uh, basically she was an assistant coach at at, um, she was assistant coach at South Carolina when Asia was there. Don stayed along with Don stayed there. Then she got her own coaching gig of coaching at Old Dominion in the Conference USA, and then she started coaching at Mississippi State. Took a leave of absence due to her health. One of the pioneer of WNBA. You talk about Shamika Holskaw. You talk about Tina Thompson, Cynthia Cooper, Lisa Leslie, Candace Parker. <laughs> I'm not talking about these generation of players. These generation players are great. They're fabulous. But remember the women, Cheryl Swoops? Remember the players behind them that made the league back then, what it was and what it is now. Without those players that came way, way before us when the first, when the league started, in the late 90s into re- really got going in the 2000s then then <laughs> then we can say a lot <laughs> we we can appreciate these players more I want the appreciation of players more that came before us instead of when instead of next season we're going to, we're going to, we're going to appreciate Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. I guarantee you, we're going to find one dumbass out there. We're going to find one dumbass out, not you. We're going to find one person out there that says, hey, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark is going to, is going to change the WNBA. They're not. They're upgrades. <laughs> They're going to upgrades. They're upgrades. Like, like what are we talking about? So we have to appreciate. The players that came waiting for us. Now, let's play a clip, a Nikki McCray clip from, from, from where she started till, well, a celebration of her career. Let's play that clip. There's no audio. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, is this mine? Okay. Okay, so let me keep that. Okay. So, uh, for those out there that can see, that, those, those are the highlights of her career. Um, and there will be not another, not, not another, not another coach, player slash coach like that, that, that basically knows the game. I just want to take time. And I, I emailed, my actually, I tweeted out to Natasha Cloud and the Washington Mystics on Friday. And I said, and I said this, I said, did you give the ball, the game ball to, to the family of Nikki McRae? Did you give them the game ball? You won, you beat, you beat Indiana. You're supposed to have the game ball. Did you give it to the family? And I, as of this morning, I didn't hear from the, uh, Natasha Clark, even though she's talked so much. She talks, she's been talking a lot over the last week or so. And so I'm like, I didn't hear from her. I know the Washington Mystics. I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Y'all are supposed to give the game ball to Nikki McCray. Those were the best Washington, Washington Mystic teams in the 90s, late 90s that she played on. Postseason runs. So, I hope they did that. If not, shame on them. Shame on them. Selfish. But nonetheless, recipes from Nikki McCray, Pinson, and her family, her young child. And, um, yeah, um, definitely celebrate her. Celebrate her. So, you know, just celebrate her life. But anyways, let's get to the top five WNBA storylines for the first half of the season. Now, number one, this is unbelievable, but there's a new league come, coming along that Natasha, not Natasha, but Nafisa Collar and Brianna Stewart are making. It's called the Unrival. It's an off-season league that's going to start in January through March. And let me give you the pros and cons of that. Let's start on the positive side first, okay? The positive side was formed by Nikki, by Natasha Cloud. Not, not, why am I saying Natasha Cloud? Nafisa Collier and Brianna Stewart. Great. 30 players, top of 30 players are going to play in this league. Then you got... It pinpoints why the WA leaders are failing. It's three on three, one on one basketball, and then keeps players here in the U.S. instead of having to go play overseas every off season and risk injury. And then the required mandate to go to camp so that they don't have to miss a game or uh, weeks in and not get suspended, which is stupid. Yeah. It's stupid that you gotta do that when you're playing overseas, you gotta report to camp within a week of the regular season and they expect y'all to play. I'm like, that's stupid. Ask Gabby Williams about that. But anyway, but let's say on the positive side, on the pro side. The WNBA leaders are failing us. That's what Nafisa Collier and Brandon are saying in their minds when they got together. You see, I don't believe in the commissioner, Kathy Ingberg. I think that's her name. 
It used to be Val Ackerman. She did a lot in the league. But Kathy Ehrenberger, I can't, uh, listen, her last name is not important to me. But the commissioner has done, has done nothing but talk her head off. She's talking about expansion on rosters. She's talking about expansion of teams. When are we going to see it? I'm like, we'll never see it. So you got two players that are risking it and creating their own offseason and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to bring 30 players of our own and they're going to play in the U.S. But I want... N- 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 I'm not going to say Natasha anymore. Nafisa Collier to explain it on this ESPN clip. Let's play that clip, please. Three on three is just so fun. It's really fast paced and it's still going to be a full court, but it's about two thirds the size of a regular court. So you still get that up and down, but I think it's going to be really fun to watch. And then you also see like, like we said, the premises of 30 best players in the league. So you get to see them playing more offense, doing what they do best and why they became um, the best that they are. So I think it's just going to be highly entertaining. Yeah. We like a lot of offense and you mentioned the 30 players, six teams, Nafisa, is this like pickup in the gym in terms of how we're choosing teams? What's what's the plan with that? Um, kind of. You're going to have team captains, and they're going to be able to choose like a draft kind of situation. So it's gonna. That's kind of the vibe that we wanted. You know, in men's sports, especially, you see them playing one on one all the time. You see, you know, in the off season, the men have it's like another season. Their off season is they're playing pickup in the gym. They're playing one on one, and that's broadcasted everywhere. So we kind of wanted to bring that to the women's side because we have talented players, too. We want to showcase what we have. Yeah, you know, what is the feedback that you've gotten from other players in the WNBA? There's not a person that I met that doesn't want to get involved with this. I mean, being able to stay home while making comparable money while also growing your brand, I mean, what more could you ask for? So everyone that we've talked to has been so positive and just really fired up about it. So this has been great. The best coach in the WNBA ever, ever. You cannot forget about the challenge of players. Until number two trophies in her hands, she will continue to challenge players at all it is of the court, whether it's on defense, on offense, or even outside the court. She's going to challenge them, and she's done a fabulous job done, done, doing that. Doing that. A coach of the year, yes. NBA, uh, WNBA championship, absolutely. Absolutely. The only thing that I fear about is the number of players that are available on their team. They got to sign a couple more players to fill a roster. So, that's my thing. But I'll talk about that on my fourth thing I want to talk about. But number three, the All-Star Weekend is in Vegas. It was running from July the 14th through the 16th. Well, actually, it's only two days. Because the WNBA does not have a slam dunk contest. They don't have, you, you're not, you're not going to ask celebrities to play in a WNBA game. You're not going to ask of that for them. So, with that being said, there's Team Stewart versus Team Wilson. Um, Ryan Howard is not on the All-Star team. And I don't know why. Did did they not see her put forty three up against um, against the Sparks? That's over. That's on July the second. Did they not see that? Did she she put thirty uh, the other day? 
against the same team. Oh, the Chicago Sky. Not the same team. Chicago Sky. But, I'm sorry. El Deladon is not playing. So, you would think that Ryan Howard will be the one to replace her spot. As of now, I'm trying to look through the, um, the internet. I haven't seen anything now. So, with that being said, I don't know if Ryan... I'll tell Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The All-Star game is going to be two days, and, and it's going to be a waste of your time. That's why I always tell one All-Star, like, when it comes down to the NBA All-Star, All-Star game, it's only three days. Go enjoy your vacation. Go go, go somewhere. Go enjoy yourself. Go rest. Go prepare for the, the second half of the season, because the second half of the season is, a, is important. It's more important than two days of All-Star facilities. Granted, no disrespect to the All-Star facility. I hope they have fun out there and everyone enjoys themselves. But at the same time, don't get too up uppity about it. You're going to have more chances of getting to the All-Star game. Just enjoy the time of rest. Period. They, 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 they land a dream needing you more than some petty All-Star game. That players are going to go one-on-one. They're going to go. They're going to jack three. They're going to attempt to dunk. And then they're not gonna play any defense. It's gonna be like the all the NBA All Star game. There's no if you if you're playing for an incentive, then yes, everybody's gonna play defense. They're gonna play basketball. But if you're not playing for anything, <laughs> you're not playing for anything. We're gonna recap that next week. All right. So hopefully, hopefully everyone has fun out there. I'm glad Stewart and Wilson are are choosing the teams. Uh, I, I, I did not pull up the roster, but the roster looks good. The only thing I ask of the Wilson team is that the Wilson team is filled with low post players, so everyone has to get their own. Okay? So, it's all about, uh, so it's all about having fun and, and rising, putting your, rising your game up to numerous lights, to numerous heights, sorry, numerous heights. Number four, this is the one that I, uh, that I hate about. I hate about this thing. The hardship contracts and why they don't work. Now, granted, I did some research on this. It's a temporary roster spot that's granted by the league. The league will grant this. It's like 10 to 14 days where if an injured player has missed more than three games, then the, the player that, that got, that's on the hardship contract can play for another 10 to 14 days. The problem is it, it throws off the rhythm of the player that got signed. Okay. The player got signed because they're trying to fill a roster spot. And if the player that, that's, that's had a good practice, that's had a decent game, but does not get to, to get a full-time contract, does not get to sign their contract for the rest of the season, then... Then it, it looks bad. It looks bad on the league, actually, because they they made this rule up. And honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't know what. I mean, when you get released, if you play well, you get released, right? That player comes back to to their original team. When that player who signed the hardship contract but did well, did all the attempts, did what what you asked for it to do, only to get released by that player that got hurt. That's coming back in that time span. 
what what happens next for that player that got that got released. So with that being said, I want to bring Abby Myers for example. I my Abby Abby Myers got released by Dallas. She was number she was drafted at number ten by the Dallas Wings. She got released, and then she got she she got signed by Washington. I think that was back in June. She got signed by Washington, and then she got released again late June, late later that month, last month. So, getting released twice, having me drafted, what's next? Luckily enough, they don't tell us what's next because they they only know what's next. And I guess you just be prepared for the next opportunity, I guess, you know? Like Taylor, I, I didn't know that Taylor Mike sale that I, I saw the other day got released. I didn't know that Jasmine Nick got released. I definitely did not know that 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 uh Sarah Thomas got released by the Phoenix Mercury. But then again, those teams that I mentioned are in shambles. And I'm not saying I'm not saying those players are going to help a team, but at the same time, you got to help their confidence. You got to help their play, and they want to play basketball on, on the highest stage possible. You know, and if Lisa Collier talk about elevate their brand, why can't they elevate their brand being on their team, being on the team for more than a week or more than two weeks? Number five, let's talk about these surprise teams. That may make a rise in the second half of the season. The Washington Misses are 10 and 8. Mike Tobas steps down. His son Eric is coaching. He's done a great job. Despite learning players. You got Shakira Austin out. L. L. Deladon's out. And now you're relying on roster play. You're relying on Lee. Oh, I'm sorry. There's one other player. Lee Mung was out for two weeks. She was in Asia, was the Asia Cup, and she's back. And so now it gives the Misses another scoring weapon. And so, we didn't know, we didn't expect anything of the the Washington Mexicans. I thought, I thought they were rebuilding for the regular, for, for the draft. But 10 and 8 at this time, at this point of, of the season is pretty good. And they got, I believe they got a game tonight against Seattle, so, uh, they could easily go eleven to eight and have all and have some momentum right into the second half of the regular season. And so I view them as the fourth best team in the in the, in, in the WNBA. Also, the Aces, the Liberty, and the Connecticut Sun. Which, by the way, we're going to talk about. The, which, by the way, that's my another surprise team. I thought the Sun were going to. Be not necessarily building, but not that good. Cause you gotta understand, they lost Jaquel Jones, they lost their coach Kurt Miller, but they regained conf- trust and confidence in Stephanie White. Stephanie White has been around the block, she's coached at, at, at numerous colleges, but finally to get a chance to coach in the WNBA is beyond, is beyond, not, it's beyond me. I'm like, this one can really coach. And so, you see, you saw, you see a different type of energy in Devon, Devon and Bonner, Alyssa Thomas, and Natasha Hodman, leaders of the team that 
Kurt Miller was supposed to take him to the to the WNBA finals, but he did, but he didn't do enough. So that's why they upgrade. I think this was more of an upgrade on Stephanie White's part. Stephanie White has got him holding them responsible for their actions, and that's what I like. I like I like the fact that you know Stephanie's getting her opportunity and shining. To me, I think she's the second best coach in the league. Outside of Becky Hammond. I'm not worried about Sandy Martello or Eric Tolbert. I mean, I think they'll be like third and fourth respectively. But Stephanie White should really get consideration. If you're talking about one and two. As far as the WNBA Coach of the Year. Now, my last and final point is the Minnesota Link. They're nine, they're, they're nine and ten, but they could, they can, they got a game against the Dallas Wings tomorrow afternoon. As around, it'll, they'll, they'll still be playing around this time tomorrow afternoon. I, there's no real build here. I, and I made a comment on the WNBA page, I think, I think it was about a month ago. I said, why isn't Ariel Powers playing? Ariel Powers was good last year. And now she's accepting her role as being, being, being on the bench. You gotta set that role. And she has. And so, Minnesota started one and seven, and now they're on a stretch of, they want eight of their last eleven games. Jessica Seppa has not played any of any, has not played in the last three weeks, due to illness. So, Dark, Darka Yuhas, has picked up the task, has done a fabulous job patrolling the paint, hitting the jump shots wherever she wherever she may find find them. And she's rebounded the ball pretty well. Now Nafisa Collier to me is the MVP one day. Just one day. Maybe if my if Minnesota goes on a run where they they are number at least if they can get in the top five of the standings in the, in the second half of the season, yeah, she's my MVP. She's my MVP. She's done it with women talent on that team. And the team's coming together. Was a Hall of Fame coach. It's Cheryl Reeves. I love her coaching. Um, but Nafisa Collier is an MVP. Now, business wise, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be, her league is not going to, I, I'm interested to see if it's going to work out or not. I want to be happy. I want to see. I want to be excited, but I'm not excited. Like I said, I'm not excited. I'm excited about the about the opportunity, but I'm not excited about the progress. That's two different things. And so she's averaged 22 points a game and eight rebounds. Um, this is why I say, forget it. Forget the rebuild. Rebuild is nonsense. We're not going to rebuild. But what are we doing? Rebuilding a a, a team. A team filled with vets. A team that had that has it. A team, a coach that has won championships in Minnesota. The only championships in Minnesota that 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 team that that city can embrace. That should be embracing. Don't embrace these Vikings or the Timberwolves. They have not won anything. Or if you go to hockey sense, the Wild. They have won nothing. In Minnesota, outside of the link, I don't get why nobody celebrates the links like the few of the fans do. 
But twenty thousand does not. Twenty thousand wants to support the Timberwolves and Anthony Edwards, and I understand Anthony Edwards is the last great player in this league. But at the same time, let's embrace. Let the city of Minnesota embrace the Minnesota Lynx. They're going places. Better yet, they may be in the top five. Was all said and done. They got to capitalize on this first half success because it was looking bad. It was looking bad. <laughs> it would be in the draft in the top 10. Like, sure, we saw the, the, the draft class for next year. She probably said, you know what? I got to coach these guys harder. I got to coach these players harder. And she's done that. Outside of the loss to, to, to the Aces on Sunday, she's done a fabulous job. She's done, she's, she's won coaches of the, coaches of the year in the past. She, she, she knows what she's doing. And so, I'm interested to hear what she has to say after tomorrow's game against Dallas Wings. Like I said, they're playing at this, they'll be playing at the, well actually the game will end at this time tomorrow. It's at 12 o'clock, local time, Dallas time. Early, early. That's what the, the NBA in summer. That's what they do because they because I think I think they have Kids Day, kids, you know, summer camp for kids, and they want to appreciate the kids. So I think that's what it is for tomorrow. So that's so that's the game tomorrow. There's a game tomorrow to tonight and tomorrow, and then there's the All Star break. Then we'll come back next week, and then we'll talk about. What we learned from the WMA All-Star game and, you know, the second half of the season. Which teams outside of my, outside of this list? We'll, we'll dive a deep, uh, a deeper look into the aces. And also, these teams that are like nine, that are barely 500, like the Dallas Wings and Minnesota Wings, uh, the Fever. Can they make a run? I know it's, 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 uh, it's unpredictable. They're five and thirteen. They say why? They, you say why not? But we'll discuss about that next week. All right. I was I was excited to come on here because there was a lot of information in me that I wanted to speak out to, on this air that I got out to, today, and there'll be more of it next week and for weeks to come. But I do want to appreciate you guys for tuning in. On the internet, I see, I see it is a kind of a big show, but I, I appreciate it so much. Whatever, whatever you may be, it can be like five people. It's all right. I'm, so, I'm starting to, I'm starting to embrace that I'll have like, like at least fewer than fifty people. It's okay. But as time rolls on, as we get deeper, deeper, deeper into the episodes, deeper into to the potential NFL season. Deeper to the NBA season, people will show out and come on. And hopefully we'll have, hopefully I'll have a guest or better yet, a random person just to sit in here and, you know, just embrace the studio and embrace my podcast. All right, guys. Thank you for watching or listening. Shout out to Angelo for doing the board today. Thank you so much. And uh, till next week, guys, take care of yourselves. And each other is beyond the game on Fishbowl Radio.
Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. 